0: Hey, I just want to let you know over the last three or so weeks, we've actually begun Hope Initiatives. Uh, There's a lady down in Windsor who um, has an insurmountable issue due to the floods. All of her stuff went under um, in some um, some, uh, what do you call them? Units. Containers. And uh, we've spent, we've had teams on Sunday mornings during this time over the last three weeks and today down there helping her out. Oh, why are not they in church? Shouldn't they be in church? They are in church together, worshiping Lord through helping someone who cannot help herself. Have a read of Isaiah 58. What I seek more than anything, says God, is this. Basically, help those who can't help themselves. That's worship to me, he says. Haha. so we've got a whole bunch of people right now down there, worshiping God that way. Don't you think that's amazing? I think it's great. We're gonna be doing more of those. So that's what our seed offering is about. It's really about others, helping out others. Cambodia our own communities, and next week, we're probably gonna hear some more about some stuff, what we're gonna be able to do. Would you pray and believe for that? We're gonna see something amazing. Let's pray. Father, I'm about to bring a word that I know you're speaking to me about, and I know you're speaking to the greater church about. Lord, would you help me share this? I need your anointing on this. I need your blessing. Lord, I need you more than ever before right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. We're on a series at the moment called This New Kingdom. And uh, it's something that God's really challenging me about, about his kingdom, about living in his kingdom. Jesus has a kingdom. And he says this uh, in Mark chapter one, he says, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, the time is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Basically saying, it's within reach right now, you can actually obtain it, you can actually enter it, it's yours to have right now. That's why Jesus came. He said, how you do it is stop, repent, stop, turn around, reconsider this and believe the gospel. Believe the good news of what I wanna share with you. That's entering the kingdom. And uh, he offered this to us, See, he has a kingdom and I've narrowed it down and just recapping what I spoke about a couple of weeks ago. He actually described what, what the kingdom really is. What defines his kingdom is not a physical boundary. God's not limited by boundaries. It's not so much a crown, although the Bible says we're all gonna get crowns one day if we serve him, you know. But really what it means is simply just two words. The kingdom is defined by when and where Jesus rules. That's it. When and where he rules. Does he rule my time? Does he rule my thought processes? Does he rule my wallet? Does he rule my house? If there's answers to that, yes, well, each one of those situations in my life, I'm actually experiencing within his kingdom. This is the journey that I'm on. The kingdom of God somewhat upside down to what we experience in the normal world. He actually said this, don't just love your friends, don't just love acquaintances, love your enemies too. Anyone can love their friends, anyone can be kind to an acquaintance, but to serve your enemies. Wow, that's what he says happens in the kingdom. He says this, if you want to gain your life, lose it, hand it over, serve someone. If you want to be great in my kingdom, this is how you get great in his kingdom, you serve everybody. Wow, it's back the front, but that's how his kingdom is. And in his kingdom, there's all these treasures. There's amazing treasures that I don't think you can find outside the kingdom. This incredible peace, this incredible joy in times of trouble that you find. There's a beautiful way of living found within the kingdom of patience, being gentle, having gentleness through your life rather than anger. In times of stress, you don't find yourself stressed because he has this incredible thing in the kingdom, a treasure, that's in the kingdom. My thing is this, and this is the journey that I'm on. I don't know whether I live in the kingdom every day. I'm wondering whether I'm in and out, in and out, in and out all the time. How about you? I think it's God's heart, God's will, that every one of us live every moment of every moment within His kingdom. Now, I wanna just set it straight. I actually believe salvation from hell, if you like, is only found in faith in Christ and nothing else. That's it. I received him through faith. I received him because of his grace. And that's, I'm not talking about whether you're going to hell or not. I'm talking about living this life within his kingdom. Because I'm not convinced, we all do. I'm not convinced I do every day. But I want to because of the treasures that are there, because of the joy it brings my God, it honors him with my life. As I said, this is my journey and I'm gonna ask you to come on the journey with me. I'm gonna ask you, I want to find out how can I walk this journey every day without slipping outside of it? That's what I'm on about. Jesus said, actually said, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Sometimes we think we've got to have it all together so we can have peace. He's saying, no, 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 no. Find the peace and all these things will be added to you. And peace is in his kingdom. That's what he's saying. His kingdom's amazing. I want to walk in that kingdom. I want to thrive in that kingdom. I want everyone to see what the kingdom is like through my life. He's saying, all you need to do is just seek it. How do you seek it? How's it happen? Well, today I want to preach this message called Discover This New Kingdom. How do you discover it? What do you discover when you do? How do you walk in? I want to share with you what God's been showing to me. I read a few scriptures today. I thought, wow, this is all about the kingdom. In fact, every scripture I read right now, that's about the kingdom. That's about the kingdom. Jesus was once asked, can you show us how to pray? And he showed them this. He said, our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. In other words, how good is your name? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What a beautiful prayer. Anyone heard the Lord's prayer before? Anyone pray the Lord's prayer? Great way to pray. And I've heard many a sermon preached on that. And sometimes we make a mountain out of a molehill on that one, it's just a simple, beautiful prayer. And, uh, but it's a beautiful way of just connecting with God. Then, but what Jesus says straight after that in Luke is very interesting. And I want us to focus on that. Luke chapter 11, verse five, he says this, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Verse eight, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because because of your shameless persistence, he will surely get up and give you as much bread as you need. Jesus. Just mentioning a bit of a story straight after he says, this is how you pray. Basically, you need something, you need to be persistent. You need to start knocking on the door and don't give up. Oh no, I don't want to give you that, I'm I'm already in bed. No, keep knocking. And Jesus said, he's not gonna come down just because he loves you. He's gonna come down and give you the bread because you're persistent. When you put it in context, it's pretty big. If you're gonna pray, this is how you pray. Basically the bread, I think, often in the Bible, bread refers to word, the word of God. Something you eat on, something that gives you nourishment, something that's gonna feed you and keep you going is the word of God. Asking for the word, allowing the word to come in. Lord, I need the word on this. Maybe a friend has come to you with a problem. Maybe your children are have a, have a, a going through a situation Maybe you yourself have hit a, hit, hit a crisis moment or a, a fork in the road and you need a word from God. I need a word. I need a word. I need bread. Would you give me bread? I need it now because of your persistence. Here's some bread, as much as you need. Wow, if what he's referring to is word, that's huge in a Christian's life. Knocking and believing and not giving up. Interesting in our prayer meeting beforehand. Darren was leading us and he says, I really feel the Lord speaking to us about persistence, never giving up. Just go anyway. I thought, mate, good. That's a confirmation. I'm not nice encouraged for this word. But then we look at what he says straight after that, Jesus. Verse 11, in, oh sorry, verse 9 in Luke 11. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. That's a great promise from God, don't you think? What a great promise. But then he continues. He says this. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if asked for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, or though you're not real, you're not like God, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Wow, what's he mean by that? How much more will my Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit when you ask for him? Wow, didn't know I was asking for the Holy Spirit. Wasn't I asking for the word, bread? Interesting thought I had there. You put it in the context. Prayer is more than just talking to God, it's much more than that. It's about an opportunity to engage with God. And He sent His Holy Spirit to do exactly that. More than just sitting there and with a wish list like I've prayed so many times just with my wish list. I don't think it is. It's about absorbing Him and absorbing His Word into our lives. Knock, 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 knock. Keep on knocking. And he wants to give you, as a good father, really himself, the Holy Spirit. Remember, Holy Spirit is God. Just like Jesus is God. The Father is God. There's a lot of it that us humans will never, ever understand. But what I do know is that he sent Jesus to save us from our sins. And he sent the Holy Spirit. You see, he gave us two gifts. You think about it. He sent the gift. We we celebrated at Christmas. The gift of Jesus is an amazing gift. We are saved through faith in Jesus Christ. When I say saved, we're saved from an eternity away from God. Where there's gnashing of teeth and distress, who knows, flames and fire, who really knows? Also, I know it's away from God. And when you're away from God, is there peace? Is there joy? We're saved from that. We're saved from the power of sin. Sin no longer controls us. All because of faith in Christ, which is amazing. We're saved. But he sent a second gift. We read in Acts chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit was sent. God the Spirit, to come and filled us. And that's a new gift. Where we can get consumed by him. Or we actually even consume him into us. And we have this amazing ability to walk with him and be close to him. The beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus actually said something. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. A teacher came to him, a religious teacher, and said, Obviously, you're from God. You're doing miracles. What do I need to do? And Jesus said this, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again. Another way of saying is." Born from above. That's another translation. Both are right. Born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then he goes on to say this in verse 5. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So really what he's saying here is this. When you're born again, when something spiritual, born from above, a new birth takes a place in you. You get to see things differently. You see what the kingdom's about. It makes sense, but without that, it'll never make sense to you. Then he re-emphasizes again, he says, those who are born of the Spirit. Wow, you can enter the kingdom when that happens. I believe the born again moment is something only God can give someone. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that comes into someone's life. I believe that's when everything changes in someone's life and the kingdom is a made you're made aware of the kingdom and the kingdom is right there. When we have this experience, Jesus rules in my life becomes a reality. It's not something I have to attain to. You see over the many years in which I've followed Christ there's been a lot of oh, how do you say it, striving, feeling as though I can't cut it, feeling as though I'm failing. So I try harder to be good. I try harder to behave. I don't think that's what the kingdom's about. I don't think I will ever be good enough. I don't think I'm naturally a good behavior. Ask my mum and dad. I don't think it's about being disciplined. I've met a lot of good disciplined Christians who are very good at what they do. And God bless them. I can't be that. But what I can be is open to the Holy Spirit coming into my life and changing everything. So I don't have to strive to become good anymore. He shows me a better way. He leads me in a better way. And what I find, the more I connect with Holy Spirit, who's here right now, by the way, with us, the less I have to try to get it right. Paul said something, I wanna look at this In, in Galatians chapter five, we'll read through this. Galatians chapter five, he's speaking to a church, actually a group of churches actually, full of believers. It's not as if a non-believer would go to one of these churches. These are the believers in fear for their life because the Romans wanted to shut them down and the Jews, well, they were after them, kill them. Like they did Jesus, you know. But he was speaking to the Christians and he writes this. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh, I want it my own way. This is what I desire. I want more of that. The lust of the flesh, right? For the flesh, the natural response to things, how dare that person say, I'm offended. (laughs) Ever had that happen to you lately? For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things you wish. What he's saying there is, We all have struggles with the flesh and we end up not doing what we really know God wants us to do. We wanna be good enough, but we find because of our flesh we can't. We can't. We can't behave right. But he's saying this, they're both opposite, they're contrary to it. In fact, one version says, they're at war with one another. I find that. Paul found that too. Everything I wanna do, I don't do, and everything I don't wanna do, I do it. What wretched man am I, Paul says in Romans chapter seven. I have the same issues. The first 18, but if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Oh, whoa, oh, that's random. I'm not under the law. He's referring to the law of the 10 commandments plus 600 others that the Jews brought in. He's talking about the have tos of being a Christian. The have-tos. You have to go to church. You have to read your Bible. You have to do this. He's talking about a mentality of having to do things. Back in the day, you can't steal. Well, that's a good thing. It's good to not steal or lie. Commit adulteries. It's not a good thing to do that. But there, even though they're good things, it was the have-to that crushed people. And he's saying here, But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under that law. Interesting, isn't it? Let's read on what he says. says, Now, the works of the flesh are evident. If you're going to live by the flesh, it's obvious, because this is what happens. Adultery? Phew, I'm not in. that's cool, I'm free from that one. Fornication? Oh, I'm clean from that one. Uncleanness? mm, my bedroom's pretty dirty. Lewdness, Filthy thoughts. Living filthy. Okay. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, hang on. Okay, contentions, uh oh, jealousies, uh uh, outbursts of anger, uh oh, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, uh ah. These are all what flow out of someone's life, could flow out of someone's life who lives according to the flesh, out of human desires, right? Envy, murders, don't do that one, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Now, listen to this of which I tell you before, I told you beforehand. Just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Here's my revelation on that, what he means by that. God has all this amazing treasure. You can't obtain it if you live by the flesh. You can try. You can do it through trying to be good or discipline. I'm not gonna take that offense. I'm not gonna take that offense. I'm not gonna take that offense. I'm gonna shield that offense. You can do that if you want to, or you can live by the law, uh, By the oh. you can live by the spirit and you don't have to worry about it because you're not under the law anymore. Pretty interesting, eh? You see, he's writing to believers. And he's saying, look, you can live this Christian life if you want to through the flesh, you're saved through Jesus Christ, faith in him alone. But there's another way to live your Christianity. There's another way that stops you from this flesh list that we read out, which continues on in my life, a whole bunch of other things. If we get to walk in the Spirit, it's different. He goes on up this and this whole sort of things that come out of your life if you do live by the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self control. And I think I got them all that time. Maybe not. And that's not a concluded list either. He has endless amount of treasures that we could walk in and live in in our lives without even trying to. It would be a natural part of our lives if we just learn to walk with Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost came in Acts chapter two, we read about it. A wind came and tongues stuck on their heads. They began speaking in tongues and speaking languages they'd never learned. And God just powerfully moved. And all of a sudden these miracles started flowing out of their lives. And we saw the, the apostles, the disciples, and many others, they actually went all around the world and changed the world. And 2000 years later, it's still going. No one shut it down because the Holy Spirit is still here. And that Holy Spirit is made available to us all. We get Holy Spirit come, come and walk in my life. How do I do this? How do you walk with him? How do you get to hear his voice right in the deep heart of yourself? I remember I was at a meeting with Naomi many years ago in a place called Bogota, Colombia. And um, it was a massive big meeting, 20,000 people there and we're down the front, near the front. And uh, the preacher there stopped halfway through the sermon and said, Holy Spirit wants to touch people's lives right now. Just stand. I thought, oh, this will be a nice goosebump moment. Stand up and we just, ah, I love it. Church, I closed my eyes and he stood in front of me. I could see him in my mind's eye. And I'll never forget, he says, Rick, I want you to know me. I'm sitting there, all of a sudden 20,000 people exited, so to speak, out of my mind. It was just me and him. I want you to know me, Rick. I I know you, how arrogant am I? I know you, I speak in tongues, I prophesy. He says, Rick, I'm just very gracious. I want you to know me. I want you to spend time with me. I want you to hear my voice. I want to be in your life more. By this time, I'm on the floor bawling my eyes out. I don't know if anyone else was. I will probably sit down preaching and I'm still there. I don't know. All I know is that moment changed my life. I have a new reliance on him, I have incre- builds my faith. I had this encounter, I know he stood there, but he wanted to be more than there, he wants to be in my life. How do I walk in his spirit? How do we do this Christians? I wanna read one more passage of scripture to you, if the band would come up, that'd be great. I just read this the other day and just whoa, God just speaks to me as I'm reading this word. This is what God's on about in my life right now. Joshua chapter one. Joshua is leading the people, a bunch of ratbags who didn't, who are the descendants of the people who didn't want to obey God. And uh, for 40 years they had to wander in the desert and Joshua's called to lead them. And I would have been thinking, Oh no, what do we do with this one? And God says to him, easy, watch this. Verse seven, but be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Now, let's just stop there for a moment. Let's read this as someone in the kingdom. Of course, at that point, the kingdom was not made available to Joshua. He just had the Holy Spirit visit him and then go. God would speak to him and then he'd just go with faith. But we're not like that. This is 2000 years, probably yeah, around about 2000 years, 1300 maybe, before Jesus. This is before Jesus' time. So the law was all they had. We don't. We've been, the, the law has been fulfilled in us. Jesus fulfilled it. You don't have to obey it anymore. Simple as that. You're not condemned if you steal something. They were. But anyway, let's just, how would I interpret that from being in the kingdom, as someone who has discovered this new kingdom? Be careful to obey all the law my servant has given to you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Well, God has given us a word. He's given us something he's written to us the inspired Word of God through the Bible. And can I just have a side note? As a Christian, we must only ever read the Old Testament through the eyes of someone who's walking in the kingdom, this new kingdom. We've gotta look at it after what Jesus has done for us, not before, it was written before Jesus, but we look through a lens at what the Old Testament is all about, the beautiful writings, the poems, the stories, we look at it through very different eyes because we're in the kingdom. We sit under a beautiful umbrella of grace, right? We've been given this word that God has given us and basically what it's saying here is when Jesus says this is a thing to do, read it with an obedient heart. Say, do you know what? I wanna learn from this. But it's more than just the word as we said about knocking, on the door, come on, I'll need some more bread, I'll need the bread. How much more will your Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask for it? It's more than just a written word. It's a Spirit-inspired Word that He brought to you. So this Bible that you have is not just a group of pages full of stories and words. It is the written Word of God that the Holy Spirit wants to bring alive to you and speak directly to you. You know what, I've read some passages several times and had him say something different every time as I read it. I remember Steve Kelly, my former youth pastor, teaching me something about reading the Word of God. And he said, I want you to read Hosea 10:12." So I read it, it says, sow to yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fellow ground for it's time to seek the Lord until He rains righteousness upon you. He said, Rick, that was really nice reading. I said, thank you. He said, now I want you to read it. The way that Holy Spirit wants you to read it. So go away and just ask Holy Spirit to show you something from that passage. So I did. I went over there and read it and everything came alive. This is written thousands of years or hundreds of years before Jesus. and I read it, so to myself, righteousness. Jesus is the only righteous one. If I sow Jesus into my life, the hard fallow ground break up your fellow ground the hard ground within my heart He makes it soft and He comes and He rains righteousness upon me and I begin tearing up because Holy Spirit showed me something more out of the scripture than was what was written and I think that's what He's saying here be strong and very courageous be careful to obey the law that Moses gave to you do not turn from it right to the left remember what God shares you out of the word remember it Verse eight, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Remember, we're talking about the word of God now, not the law. Keep this book, what God has shown you, these writings, what the Holy Spirit shows you. Keep it on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything within it. Remember, Christianity is less about do and more about be. It's about who you are, not what you do. You are a child of God. But what happens is you start meditating on it. What you be is everything you need to do. I need to be at peace. Rather than striving for peace, I become full of peace. Understand? The more I seek him, the more I seek his word, the more I walk with Holy Spirit in this, meditating on it, meditating on it, meditating on it the more I become everything I wanted to do. Does that make sense? Some of you people will feel condemned because your prayer life sucks. Am I allowed to say sucks? I've had that struggle several times and I realize it's not about how much I pray, it's how much I walk with Him and meditate on Him and allow it to sink in this amazing truth. And all of a sudden, my behavior changes and I have no problem setting aside time to pray. It's amazing. Meditate on it. Meditate's an amazing thing. You know, you've heard about monasteries and monks. Yeah, you know, monasteries were invented actually as church planting schools in the north of Great Britain by a guy called Patrick, also known as St. Patrick. He actually started these church planting schools and become monasteries. And one of the things they used to do in these monasteries, they call them monks, they used to actually go and meditate and they begin to chant, lots of chanting. And we think chanting's weird, don't we, in the Western world? Until you go down to a football match like I did last night and you hear Panthers, 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 clap, 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 Panthers, clap, clap, clap. And we think chanting's weird. He said what they used to chant was the truth they had to meditate on. And when you start verbalizing things, it becomes more real to you. So I started doing this. Mike Breen showed me this. I was really getting a grip on God loves me more than I love God. It's not about how much I love God, it's more about how much He loves me. God loves me, God loves me. So I sat in my chair. God loves me, God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. Got sick of saying it pretty quick, but I pushed through. God loves me. God loves me. Then all these thoughts started passing through my head, things I had to do today, things I had to do tomorrow. Then I realized I dropped the rock. I got to pick that rock up, that revelation of what God wants me to carry. God loves me. God loves me. Took a long time, but eventually, bang, I broke into this amazing presence where Holy Spirit began talking to me and sharing. It's like He showed me God's love for me. And it becomes so real that I have no doubt about God's love for me. Because meditated on a word. I wanna encourage you guys, lock yourself in a room or in a football crowd and meditate. Maybe you wanna do some chanting on a truth that you need to get hold of. I find peace in him, I find peace in him, I find, maybe. Meditate, take the moment allow him to speak to you and and guide you and direct you so that holy spirit can take you by the hand and take you on this amazing journey keep this book of the law always on you. meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful everything you desire in your heart that's where it is have not i commanded you be strong courageous do not be afraid Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wow, that's walking with Holy Spirit. That's how I do it. I'm sure there's probably a billion ways to walk with Holy Spirit. But what I do know is this, if someone was to begin to walk with Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, All of a sudden, the kingdom of God, you can see it, it makes sense to you. You can see how different it is to our world that we live in. It is so different. Not only that, walking with Holy Spirit, you enter the kingdom and you find all of those treasures. You inherit them. They become yours. They come into you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, Add into there, the words of wisdom, the words of knowledge, the words of prophecy, miracles and healings. Tongues, interpretation of tongues. All that is in the kingdom. It's not outside the kingdom. But we as Christians, I think we spend a lot of time outside, playing around, playing the world's game. Walking in the flesh is probably another way to say it. And we miss out on so much. Friends, I want to walk with Holy Spirit. He's here right now. Maybe there's some people here and you've not even received the first gift from God and that's the beautiful salvation of Jesus. Basically acknowledge, hey, I've got it wrong. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners, every one of us. But the beautiful thing is he came and nullified all that sin. Just ask him to forgive you. That's it. Generally from your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord. Believe in your heart that he rose from the dead and you will be saved. That's it. That's the gift that he has for you. Has nothing to do with going to a church. Has nothing to do with being a member. Has everything to do with knowing God. But he sent a second gift, Holy Spirit. I'd like us all right now, let's all stand. It's gonna take a moment before we get into some baptisms. Excited about some baptisms today. Like everyone just close your eyes. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that means God considers you lost and He's pursuing you and He loves you so much. He'd love you to be part of His family. Because you've got your eyes closed, why don't you just say, God, forgive me. Jesus, genuinely come into my life. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Just say that to him right now. Ask him in. Beautiful. You truly meant that. You're, You're born again. You're saved. Holy Spirit, would you just come on that person right now? Holy Spirit, would you just fill them right now? Where they are, that they'd be born of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everyone else right now. Many of us struggle, me included, in many areas of life. You know what, we're not guaranteed to avoid tragedies or struggles but the coping of them is found in the kingdom. He's the comforter, helper, the friend that sticks closer than a brother. His name's Holy Spirit, and He's here now. So why don't you just focus on Him and just, just within your heart say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask you to right now, just answer every prayer. Right now, flood through their lives. Some of you right now are remembering a passage of Scripture that He spoke to you. He wants you to meditate on that passage. What does God want to say to you through that passage? Wow, meditate on that. What it does, it refreshes your spirit and helps you to walk in it. Now, Father, I pray for every person here right now. Every one of us, Lord, that we would walk with you every day. Lord, we would never feel that you're far away. But to say that you're close seems too far away as well, Lord. Lord, would you come and fill us again this morning with your presence right through this place? Ah, Lord, we thank you. And we give you glory in the name of Jesus, amen, amen, love you church, this is a journey, like I said last week, I'm a beekeeper, if you see me running, join me, I'm on a journey right now, I'm going to ask you, would you join me, I think this is a prophetic word to the church, actually worldwide, and I think it's beneficial for everyone, you're going to love this journey, amen, let's take a seat. want to farewell everyone on the live stream. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Remember next week, June 6th, we've got Tim Hall. Why don't you come and join us? That'd be great. Bye.